Hello, everyone, and welcome to the special edition of the Cinematic Schematic. We're doing another cinema showdown segment. And this month, we're talking about prestige films past and present. I'm your host, Caleb Masters, and I am the voice of the Cinematic Schematic and the editor and film critic at thecinematropolis.com. And continuing our month of prestige films past and present, we're looking at one of the most controversial prestige films in uh, of our millennia, I guess you could say. Uh, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be discussing the controversial Best Picture winner from the 2006 Oscar Awards, Crash. It's the sense of touch. Any real city, you walk, you know? You brush past people, people bump into you. In L.A., nobody touches you. We're always behind this metal and glass. How far can bullets go? You thinking about that bullet that came through your window? What's wrong? You all right? I am angry all the time, and I don't know why. Put your hands on top. This film has been maligned by a lot of people over the years. Yeah. Yeah, it is. A lot of people. Uh, so we're joined, uh, as always, Silver Screen Soliloquies co-host, Laurent Chapman. Welcome to Cinema Showdown. It's good to be here. And we're joined for first time by one of the Cinematropolis contributors. He has written essays on David uh, from Prometheus. Uh, he also wrote about Eight Mile. Uh, joined by Kevin Tudor, <laughs> yeah. the man. Kevin, uh, thanks for joining us today. Howdy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, so this is Cinema Showdown. So if you listen to our Star Wars The Last Jedi talk uh, with Caleb Haldane, this is going to work pretty similarly. Only this time, I'm going to play the moderator myself. Having not seen Crash recently, uh, I am sitting on a table with people who have one who has seen Crash recently and loves the film, and uh, another person who uh, hates the film. Uh, Laurent Chapman, who is arguing, is pro-Crash, and we're looking at Kevin Tudor, who is anti-Crash. And I, you know, I support Kevin's stance to to be against car crashes at all points in time. I think it's very important we wear seatbelts and not get crashes. So automatically, very has the high ground. (laughs) Uh, All right, gentlemen. Well, uh, let's go ahead and just get get things started with very basic. Why do we like crash? Why do we hate crash? So just want to remind our listeners, if they are not in tune with crash, this is the the film from Paul Haggis and Kathy Schumann, who are the producers uh, this is a, a film that came out in 2005. It, so it beat out other Best Picture nominees, Capote, uh, Good Night and Good Luck, Brokeback Mountain, and Munich. Now, there's a couple of those I think are good. One of those I think is not very great. <laughs> uh, one of those that's really, really good. One of them is great. Two of those are great, I would actually argue. Which yeah. is the not good one. Which is, yeah. I don't, think Capo- I don't think Capote is that great. It's all right. It's all right. It's not bad. Okay. It's not bad. No, no, no. We'll it's not bad. I mean, yeah. It's not. It's not. It's <laughs> not. It's not bad. That's the darkest hour of 2006, where it's like the performance is great, but then it's yeah. just like, oh, it's in this movie. Yeah. Philip Seymour Hoffman is amazing. Yeah, just went that there. But yeah, so it beat out. But it beat out Spielberg. Uh, it beat out Good Out and Good Luck. That's uh, Clooney, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Be at the George Clooney piece uh, again about journalism. Something that's really relevant. Yeah. Crash beat out some some notable heavy hitters. Yeah. I think Munich for me, that's the big one. That's, that's that, that was Spielberg doing political Spielberg, which I think is usually pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, making his 9-11 movie. So is it good? Is it bad? Well, we're, we're going to start with the pro. I like to start things on the positive. So, Ron Chapman, tell me why you think Crash is a great film worthy of Best Picture. If there was a film in my life that I have debated more than any other in my life, since especially here in the 2000s, it is Crash. I mean, that is a movie that I, in any cinema circle... Um, more so than like I, I loved Avatar, didn't think it deserved Best Picture, but 
still loved it and I felt like a lot of people did until it was nominated for an Oscar. And Crash seems to be kind of one of those films that as it was going on throughout that year, um, it was it was beloved by many. And then as soon as it was pitted against the movie of the year that was the, got the most press, I should say, you know, uh, Brokeback Mountain. Controver- that was a very controversial film. At the controversial time. film and definitely a big seminal moment in Oscar history. Um, people wanted that to win. They wanted it need they needed that movie to win in that moment. And I betted against everyone in that house that day that Crash was gonna win, and I was the only person that was right that night. And Jackpot. Jackpot. Tell I me mean, you bet big, man. I, well, yeah, yeah. A whole yeah, like yeah. a whole like sixty dollars, but yeah. You know, <laughs> but yeah. Um I actually I do love the film. I love the film because I think that while I do think it is preachy, I've since seen it, you know, obviously in you know, in following years, subsequent years. Um, I think that the film, what it does hit on, head, you know, um, straightforward, is it takes racism and it makes it a very diverse animal. I'm because you see so many movies that take as take it as a black versus white thing, and here what it does is it kind of explores that contradictory na- nature of how even if it's just implicit racism. Um, how it works in in very different different all across board all across the board in multi different cultures. So um, the black characters aren't aren't sanctified, you know, Morgan Freeman like just you know they are flawed just as well as the white characters aren't all racist. You know, they have these moments of heroism in the moment the heroes the people you think you love in the beginning of the film you don't love at the end, and the people you think you hate the beginning have acts of heroism toward the end. And I think that's how human nature works. And I like I thought it was really um uh forward thinking and expressing that and showing that it wasn't just so so cut and dry the way that so many other films try to present that so, particular subject. So trying to take on a really ambitious subject specific at the time yeah. uh, of of race in America and biases and trying to portray that it's more complex than yeah. one way or the other. Right. Okay. All right. Kevin what what do you what do you think? Why is this movie terrible trash that does not even deserve a best picture nomination? I watched this when it came out, so it was oh five I was about thirteen and I was just getting into like adult movies, so like anything that was just big thinking and I didn't understand it, I thought it was like amazing. so when Crash did come out, I like loved it, and I love Brokeback Mountain. I haven't seen that since, but I'm sure it's it holds up pretty it, well it holds yeah, up. yeah, but so I rewatched this last night and I know that it's just like over time has just the reputation of it has just gone downhill. And so I was ready to just hate it, but I was very surprised at how much I hated it more than I thought I would. And <laughs> it was even worse than you thought it possibly could be. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's up there. Um, where uh, there's, mm. okay. Okay. So give me, maybe, maybe like, what are three things that you're just like, sin crime this movie is just awful none of the characters do anything in this um like at the start of it they're the same at the end but some of them change but it's the most like dumbest way that they could possibly change like uh sandra bullock's character um is very racist at the start but then she falls down the stairs and now all of a sudden she cares for their maid and she well she got dropped on her head the the racism got knocked out of her yeah yeah yeah. Yeah. okay (laughs) which happens all the time but um i think brendan fraser is like the only non-racist person in this movie other than yeah. he thinks like iranian people are black <laughs> <laughs> the movie doesn't even draw to that much attention to that i don't no. think though he was just like he was just like oh i need because they get carjacked by ludicrous obviously right and um 
which Ludacris' character might be the worst character in this movie because he's like the dude that's just like to have Paul Haggis write somebody a character like Ludacris, which is like this like I don't know if it's too far to say self hating black man, but the entire time he's just like, Man, all black people do is this and this and this and then he's complete like he actually does all the things that he talks bad about. But that's not even the point of it really. But I don't know, like there's because you're like like with Matt Dillon's character, which I guess is like the main focal point of it as being the kind of racist cop and whatnot. But at one time he saves a black woman from a burning car and now he's like, that's supposed to make people like him. I don't understand. Like his movie's mind boggling. So you don't feel like the character arcs are really earned. You feel like, you feel like, you feel like there's this light switch. Like stuff happens. And then at the end of it, it's just like, nothing changes which i mean you could pull from it's just like well racism racism is never really defeated or anything like that but it's just like that doesn't make for a good movie (laughs) just to have like don Cheadle's character who's probably like the best character in it by like the end of it it's just like his racism is like the least prevalent it's not as much as matt dylan's is which is just like just um sexually assaults um terrence howler's wife at one point and but by like the next scene, he's redeemed because he saves her from a burning car. But then, like after that, he goes on like a long racist tirade at some doctor's office, and it's just like I don't know where I'm supposed to sit with everybody. But it doesn't look very good. <laughs> <laughs> so you find most of the characters will be unlikable then. Yeah, time. absolutely. Okay, um, so Laron, uh, what do, what's your counterpoint to that? Like, like I, because well, here's the thing: I've heard you talk about Ludacris's character before. Mm-hmm. I know you have a a, a different view on that. Can you maybe elaborate? Yeah, I, I I agree. I do think. I mean, in in retrospect, that the the writing is convenient. It's it's it the time in which because all this is taking course, I believe, over the course of three days. Is that right? Or two days? Or it's a very it, small it's a very window short of time. window yeah. of time. In 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 that sense, yes, it is very much you know. Uh, sermonizing. Um, I did like the Ludacris character because I know that character. I know that person in my life. He's, you know, there. I have black friends who critique, you know, black culture all the time. They think that because they're more articulate or more, um, they have a certain education or something like that. They, they, they want to critique black culture, but then, then in the same, almost in the same breath, I watch them do exactly what they just critiqued happened and I'll call him out on it, but I always think that that's amusing to me. It's like, is it's, you know, his character was a representation of how, you know, he wanted to be seen differently than as, you know, the preconceived notions that exist for black males in particular. Um, but then, you know, he sees Sandra Bullock and he decides he's going to rob her car. And I'm just like, you know, but then that it's like, you, you just, you just killed your entire argument there. And people do that all the time. And same right. thing, the same thing with racism. I mean, like you have people who I know aren't overtly racist, but then, you know, they'll get comfortable with me and then they'll make a comment. And I'm like, you realize that was a ridiculously racist comment you just made, right? It's like, and it's just kind of like, oh, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, you know, just kind of a, I think it touches on that. I think it kind of beat you over the head a little bit with it. And at the time I was a little bit more forgiving of it when it came out. Um, but I still think the intentionality of the film shines through in that, you know, he wanted to say that racism and this sort of mentality is situational and it changes and, you know, it's not, it's, it's not as 
straightforward as we think. There's layers to it. Right, again, and, like it's it's again tackling implicit racism and how that works. Right. Like, oh yeah, you can save a, a, a black woman from a burning building, but that doesn't mean you're not racist. It doesn't mean that he's cured of it, but it just right. shows that he does have the he does possess the ability to still have some human humanity and some qualities that are redeemable of him. He's not he's not rendered useless at that point but yeah okay so now would you say that the characters here are better mouthpieces for the paul haggis's ideas than they are actual yes. fully fleshed then out they characters? are fully fleshed out characters yes i do i yeah. think because if you ask any one of these characters and you pick them out and you said hey okay so what is that person's life story they're not there they're more they're more stand-ins this is obviously a big expose on racism and I was fascinated by that conversation, particularly in 2005, six when it came out, um, because that was something that I was dealing with personally, um, just those kind of exchanges, you know, just because I felt like I'm not ludicrous by any means, but I felt like, you know, in many scenarios, you know, like I, you know, I didn't identify with the kind of stereotypes that were associated with black men. But I fell victim to them because people assumed that, you know, well, you look a certain way, so these are the things that I associate with you. And I had to find constantly combat those things. And I felt like it was cool to have a, a, a character that was at least honest about not being perfect. You know what I mean? Like, because if they had made him like, oh, well, he's the character we're supposed to love and Sandra Bullock's just a racist you know, right. whatever. Right. And, you know, we're just supposed to care about him. And he never did anything wrong or never made a racist comment or never was, um, you know, then it would have felt untrue, you know. And so... Disingenuine. Disingenuine, yeah. Okay, so Kevin, what do you think about the, 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 disingen- uh, the like the disingenuous nature of the characters? That sounds like a pretty big turnoff for you. What, what, so how would you respond to kind of Ron's idea that the ideas are more important than the characters in this particular scenario? Like, I understand where Paul Higgins is going with it. But I just don't think it was executed right. Like, I understand people like Ludacris's character, and I understand what he's going through, that he's not exactly just a straight line when it comes to his ideals and whatnot. And I know many people like Sandra Bullock's character. And But it's just... It, at the start of it, once it got, once it was getting into it, I was like, this is really bad. And then by the middle of it, I was like, okay, it's, it's not as bad as I thought it would be. It was just kind of, it was just okay, I'm upset that Ryan Felipe's in this because he deserves better but <laughs> um, and then like by the end of it when it tries to tie it all together and be sentimental and Ludacris is dropping off Chinese kids in Chinatown and that makes him a good person for some reason I don't know and then so yeah so, so do you feel like that they're shoving the message down your throat and because it's disingenuous it kind of robs the film of meaning is that kind of what you're getting at I mean yeah definitely like um I can't think of any movies that like I can point to that like dealt with race better, like off the top of my head. But it's just like it's much easier to do than this. Like, just be a little bit more subtle. Like, I can understand why this won Best Picture because it's like so overt and in your face, and like anybody can understand it really. So like I get why it was kind of like that. Other than something to be more subtle and whatnot, which the Oscars rarely give anything about. S- subtle performance well and this is again 2006 oscars which is a very different academy i mean we're right in the middle of a really really big shift in the academy i i believe so like that this feels like them get, it's gonna sound really bad it, it does 
it, I could see how it feels like the token award to some to some degree, you know. Where hey, this year, this is the thing we're passionate. You know, we're, yeah. we're talking about how the academy likes to craft narratives mm-hmm. and and the way they uh, they give awards and things like that. And uh, yeah. you know, maybe this we thought this was going to be the year of Brokeback Mountain at the time, uh, but they sh- they they shifted to, to hey, we're going to pick. Up I don't think Brokeback Mountain. I've kept saying to people that year that Brokeback Mountain the the nomination was the award that year because that that particular film. While now, if you watch it, it's still beautifully crafted oh, well, yeah. well acted it's a great film but it's also it's also very um i won't say conventional but i'll say tame it's like the the, the, yeah. the the there's one i mean there's one sex scene in it and everyone refers to it as the tent scene it, it it's not that graphic but for somebody who's never seen two men you know whatever like it might be it might be uncomfortable right you know, well so, 2005 cinema that right, was for that particular time yeah. it, it, you hadn't seen two mainstream actors do that so i felt like it was at that particular time you know it was controversial but if that movie had come out today it would feel like it was very it was very, it would have won like the oscars 20 times over right but, right i mean we've had like dallas buyers club since then that was right. another one moonlight, obviously moonlight was year. huge one last year best picture man which kind of seems like atonement for that movie now yeah you know, yeah it, well it, see it, and then you talk about movies that deal with race better i think moonlight's a great example of a film that does that now obviously it's not tackling it remotely the same way no yeah. but i i feel like we're, we're being we're, we're growing to to know chiron as a character live in his shoes for a little bit and understand like the way race impacts his life without all and it's hard it def- we, we, it it's talks, hard to articulate it because it doesn't about black culture better yes. than about race in right sure. correct like because yeah. crash is trying to cover every single race at once yeah. and it's like the moonlight is just trying to cover one point well, by understanding black culture it helps you understand the yeah. bigger picture the of bigger race picture too of it. Yeah. how it how it yeah how it applies to it how uh, how it impacts the, how the individual homophobia it would applies in black culture in oh, the right. context of black culture you know like that that that's its own movie you know but yeah, yeah. no no so I, yeah, that's fantastic I think that's a that's a great point here's the here's the big question for you kevin do you think this film actually forwards the conversation of race in any way in the mainstream film do you think this film at least maybe it's a terrible film? Maybe does it, but does it set a precedent that we can look back on and say, you know what? Without Crash, we don't get Moonlight or we don't get uh, Get Out this year. I, I mean, maybe like I would assume like directors saw that and be like, we can do this better. <laughs> like that's the only <laughs> thing I could think of. Like because nobody, there's nobody that says like I got into the making Get Out or Moonlight because I watched Crash. <laughs> I don't I don't know what Barry Jenkins exactly watched to make him do Moonlight or his. Uh, medicine for melancholy or anything like that but I don't think it was this maybe it could have been like a point where the controversy behind that maybe it changed the academy a bit like because that was about a little over 10 years ago so it's vastly different like imagine if that movie won today like the academy would have burnt down oh yeah we've been like up and enraged well that's interesting because it feels like now that movie now um it, people would be critiquing it for its non-PC or its, um, you know, whatever. Like it, it, like, like it'd be the reverse. Instead of instead of looking at it as a progressive piece of cinema, we'd actually be doing the opposite. Like, oh, here's all the problematic things about it. Right. Or, here's we, all the tone-deaf pieces. They're doing that for three billboards, and three billboards are like one-eighth is yeah. pick apart as crashes. Because, I mean, yeah. even, I mean, last night when I was watching it, when Matt Dillon was talking to uh, the woman at the doctor's office, and he just point-blank just says... I'm really thinking about the seven or eight white men that should have been in your role. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Like, wow. We're going there. Okay. Yeah. But you know what I do think is interesting about Crash Now, what I thought about before we did this podcast was that 
you know, we're st- it, at that per- period in time. Well, I, I can't remember. Two thousand five was Obama president. Uh, no, 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 yeah, two thousand eight. Yeah. So we were pre pre Obama era. That, that's a, that's a really important. important yeah, I mean, and yeah. you got to mention like whenever Obama became president, the 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 conversation about race, you know changed the conversation was much more like we had an in-depth conversation about it for years right and it everyone kind of came to sort of as or so we thought to a kumbaya sort of yeah but racism was gone before obama came i know but what's interesting though is that now if you look at crash um and in the context of the trump administration then every character in crash that seems like a caricature or speaking in hyperbole feels like what we're just living in. yeah they feel like it feels like it came out in the trump era so it's like like sandra like sandra bullock's character feels so much like out of 2018 like it's sad to like the like the wealthy wife of a prosecutor or something like that that's just like oh man i can't walk down the street without turning away from a black person because that makes me racist like the death oh man it's kind of interesting so i'm so sorry it does feel when you read it that way it feels like at the time that it came out the film was was probably like oh god this is over oh this is heavy-handed because like we weren't living in the time where people were actually doing that right like overtly you know like now we are so now it almost feels like it's a parody of 2016 (laughs) so i don't know in that sense it's maybe so it it was so we thought it was a little in your face so it's funny we think in 2006 we think it's a little in your face in 2018 we think this is way too realistic it's too real real and slightly tone deaf like it's um, interesting so laurent do you think this film in any way forwarded the conversation of race and cinema i think at that point we were more interested in talking about race than we were about homophobia and that's why brokeback didn't win i think i feel like because i mean when you spoke about brokeback mountain that year for the most part i mean if you weren't a film critic and it was just the surrounding it was the gay cowboy movie yeah oh, oh yeah that's how you and i have a great story about that like when that came out i was like i want to watch it because it looks like a good movie right and my parents are very conservative and mm-hmm. we're like why would you want to watch that and i was like because right. it looks like great i don't understand like it's getting uh, it's getting all this acclaim it must be good right yeah, yeah. Like these, they don't... I, I remember loving that and i need to rewatch it and angley should have got best director and then he gets it. He gets it for Life of Pi Life later. Of Pi, which, by yeah. the way, I I uh, prefer Life of Pi. Love that movie. Yeah. Life of Pi is a great movie. Yeah, it's yeah. Good yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, okay, okay. So let's move away here um, and, and take a look. So we're not really sure, like the 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 impact of race uh, in the film on uh, on the film culture is a little bit of a of a question. What would you want to see from Crash if it was made in 2018? So we've already talked about how it's a parody. What if the same the same concept was executed in 2018? What would you guys like it's to so see there? Hard. It would be so hard. It would be difficult to do now. And you'd be fine. I mean, I feel like exercising some stuff. I could critique the movie in any way. I still, I still to this day defend it. But I feel like subtlety is something that it lacks. You know, And so I, I do think the performances across the board were pretty strong. I thought Tandy Newton as... Uh, uh, Terrence Howard's wife was really good. I even think this. I think Sandra Bullock was better in the twenty minutes she's in this movie than she is in all of The Blind Side. But you know, oh, oh, oh preach. White, so white savior. Actually, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you don't know. I think I would pick this movie over over uh, The Blind Side any day. Right, and so it feels like. I mean, in that sense, she showed more range and depth as a performer, as a dramatic actress, than I think she did in that whole that whole film. Brendan Fraser is better in this movie than he was in Looney Tunes back in action. <laughs> <laughs> I endorse that. I I think I can get behind that. Not, but he's not he's not the Brendan Fraser I love from the Mummy though. Right. 
Um, I think I think I don't know how much we needed the conversation about race in two thousand five. We've always needed it. I but but how, how how was the culture ready receive, to receive that? You know, that's, well, I think that's the question, right? Yeah, I think that is the question. I don't know. I feel like at that point in time, it resonated with me because racism was something I was constantly dealing with. But I mean, maybe for the culture at large, maybe not. Maybe not so. You know. Um, but, but I mean, what, what what would that look like in 2018 though? Because the the conversation around race is much I, different. You know, I think it could be done. I just feel like it would be you would have. I mean, you would have to go set out, the whole thing around. The like, approach would have to be much different. I mean, if you, I, I would say go. Subtle. I think go be Maybe set, less characters. Be subtle. <laughs> be, less characters. Be more subtle, but also be edgy. So set the whole thing in like Ferguson or something like that. Yeah. But also, well, they did it, that with Detroit. So, or, but, that's what, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. But it, I guess what it does do is Detroit it does. Wasn't that good though? No, no, Detroit's not I, bad. I've got mixed feelings about Detroit. Yeah. Did you see Detroit? I did. I liked Detroit. Uh, I, I I liked it a lot more. For like than an hour and a half, like I was like, okay, I get it. Like this happened. I don't it was rough. Really, it's yeah. brutal. It was upsetting because also at the end, like I don't feel like I was like, God, I know how this ends. It doesn't end in, well. End well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have to leave here with this, like you know, all that anxiety you built up, and there's no release and stuff from it. But right. Um, I don't know. I feel like the conversation. Uh, I mean, at least it at least shined a light on those topics where now, you know, we were, you know, we were given, you know, an opportunity or at least a discourse to try and talk about our how we perceive the people around us and how they're not just one dimensional, you know, and how because um, it also talks about religion. I mean, because you have yep. the the. The story, Persian, person. the Persian, mm-hmm. the Persians that they thought were all terrorists, you know, and so which at the time that was that, that was something at the time we we were talking about race in a different context, in a different than, topic, yeah, we, yeah, we're still living the immediately after post nine eleven. I mean, it's definitely yeah. four or five years after nine eleven, so we're still thinking about yeah. you know how we, we again not to take away from the fact that like not about racism against like you know African Americans, but also at the time like the hot thing was at least kind of in that sphere was. How are we looking at people from the Middle East, yeah. you know, or brown people from that part of the world, you right. know, totally different. It at least, even if it was heavy handed, it at least asked you to look at, you know, to examine how you felt about certain certain people around you. And even because I think, Michael, you mentioned Brendan Fraser being the in or Don Cheadle being the um, probably the most level headed, level headed. I think Michael Pena was probably. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, he yeah, actually yeah. never had I don't think he had any flaws. I don't think I he was mean, just trying to fix locks, man. Just trying to fix locks and help his daughter out and you know so But the Persian person, um racism was destroyed because he bought blanks for his gun. Right. Yes. <laughs> I don't understand that scene at all. You buy blanks for your gun, man, makes yeah, you a terrorist. Man, yeah. Automatically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I feel like if it was made today, I have a feeling that the it ha- it would be almost crash levels if they were trying it matters on who has to make it because it has to be somewhat subtle but then if they're trying to go crash level it would have to be i don't know i feel like it would be if they try to do it today it'd be too overt like three billboards isn't the best movie but it does with it somewhat more subtly but um, at the yeah. same time it still kind of doesn't hit the mark I, I think you were onto something with the way you said detroit that's a little movie's a little too brutal, I think. But I think taking that type of subject, that approach to looking at history or looking at a round cast of characters that are maybe a little sharper edge, well, doing something about race that isn't like based on a true story, because that's rare, right? Because yeah. like yeah. Twelve Years a Slave, yeah, that's true. Detroit, true. Right. Like so, like Crash was one of the first like 
big things to really talk about it, and it wasn't. You right, know, it's all just yeah. Like here's an idea about racism. Let's just make everybody like yeah. Yeah. What so, also, um, but what also, what I do like that the film does say very um, adamantly is that nobody escapes this. Oh yeah. Like everybody is falls victim of this. Like you're all, we're all capable, or we all have made a comment, or we all have said something like this. To this. We're maybe all participants. Not, maybe yeah. not to this extent, you know. And obviously, the film is it dramatizes that. But I think at least that no character in the film has is is redeemed fully or is completely, you know, um, is or is completely a monster, you know. But all right, so we get a well-rounded cast of characters. So you're saying that the ideas that the film is articulating outweigh the kind of heavy-handed nature of the, of the story they're telling. Right. Okay. For me, it's like the it's like the the, the intentions. Oh yeah, overweigh. Overweigh, Out, outweigh Out for me, the, for me personally, right. over, outweigh the yeah, like some of the more problematic things I had with the way it's executed. But okay, yeah. Kevin, any you have anything you say to say to that? I mean, do you do you agree with the the, the sentiments of the film uh, at all? I mean, is, is that is that uh, enough for you to to warrant people to at least revisit the film, or is it totally disposable? <laughs> I'd definitely revisit it because like it's not just a random movie that was released; it won Best Picture, and it's no matter what you're going to have a pretty strong opinion on it. So definitely revisit it. Um, it like, of course the, what it's trying to say, of course it's pretty much just racism is bad for two hours. I can get behind that. It's just the way it goes about saying it. So you think it does more uh, harm than good? It's just not good. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, I did see a movie called Tomorrowland a couple of years ago, who, uh, which the, the film's message I wholeheartedly agreed with, and I like all the talent involved in that film too. But I was like, oh god, you guys okay, are just like, really I what you're trying to say. And I love, I do. love what you're saying too. Just but no. God, we we got the message, guys. Yeah. We got it loud and clear, and you just keep hitting me over the head really hard with it. Yeah. Um, all right, ladies and gentlemen. Well, there you have it. Uh, Crash. What do you think about the 2006 Best Picture winner? Let us know by talking with us. Uh, you can always post in the comments below, or you can talk to us on social media uh, on the Cinematropolis. That's uh, at facebook.com forward slash the Cinematropolis, or on Twitter and Instagram at the Cinematrop. Uh, Kevin Tudor, where can people find you online if they want to keep talking to you about uh, Crash? Um, Twitter at K-E-V-T-U-D-O-R. LeRon Chapman? You can find me on Facebook at uh, my name, Laron Chapman, and on um, Twitter at the name's Laron. All right, so it sounds like we have a pretty uh, divided table. I think so. Something that did come out during my Star Wars conversation, Caleb Haldane, who was hosting that particular segment, broke it down into five different categories of things that you look for in a film. Uh, I think that in this particular conversation, it was uh, it was character, plot, themes, world building, and, uh, and it was like abilities to, to surprise. It was like subversiveness and, and creativity and freshness. Uh, and when you know, whenever we were the, the panelists, we were all describing what mattered. It made me, it made, it made, it made me think. I was like, oh yeah, well, not everyone. Like sometimes powerful themes outweigh like poor execution. Yeah, you know. And I think there's something, something valid to that. The the, the the meaning of the story sometimes is for a lot of folks is going to be a lot more valuable than how well it was executed, just because it's a powerful story and a powerful message that needs to get out there. And vice versa for for some people, like the the execution has to be flawless for those those themes to shine through. Like, just depends on what their priorities are like. So, for everyone, it's a little different. And when I, so what I'm hearing from this table right now is, is Laurent really appreciates the sentiment, the themes and ideas being articulated in this film. Uh, and Kevin's saying, yeah, those are all cool, but really it fails fundamentally as a film first. 
So um, a lot of mixed opinions. But looking back, Crash, uh, we had a divided conversation in our Cinematropolis uh, SAS chat. So we thought we would share it with all of you listeners out there. So again, if you have things to say about the 2006 Best Picture winner, hit us up on social media. Uh, until next time, this has been your latest edition of Cinema Showdown. Have a great day. Uh, Kevin Rib- representing the hate team, uh, team <laughs> team hate, <laughs> the hate and the run. <laughs> I like how I'm framing this already. My bias isn't shine through at all. Uh, <laughs>